Today on the podcast, we are sitting down to go through the entirety of the live-action Disney remakes. Come on in. Welcome to the Dissect That Film Podcast, where we dissect the good, the bad, and the ugly of cinema. I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me as always are my wonderful co-hosts, Dan and Angela of TNA Gaming. I'm over here like, what the hell is he doing? Oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just doing this. I hope he isn't paying attention. I'm so sorry. Dan's making fun of me because of what I did for the intro for this episode. All right. No, no. I was just like, no, I was just doing it. Nothing to do with what you're doing. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. <laughs> my God. Oh, God. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. <laughs> Doing good. Doing good. Good, good, good. Start the episode off with a bang. <laughs> so over the last few weeks, we have sat down to talk about individual Disney animated films with their live action remakes. We started off with Beauty and the Beast, the 1991 versus the 2017. Then the week after we did The Jungle Book, which was the 1967 uh, compared to the uh, 2016. And then last week, we did Mulan, the 1998 compared to the 2020. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to go through every single live action remake that Disney has done, starting from 1994. And we're going to go through, we're going to talk a little bit about them, and then we're going to rank them uh, based on, I guess, how we feel about them. I guess that's how rankings go, right? Uh, this is going to be very similar if you, if it, you know, who, if anyone who has listened to the show for, for a bit. Uh, we did, we're going to be doing something similar to what we did with the Friday the 13th episode, where we're going to kind of talk a, a little bit about each movie and then kind of put them in a ranking. Um, and then, yeah, and that's kind of how this episode is going to go about. I'm very excited to do this. So we haven't really done a topic episode in quite a while. If you want to count this as a topic episode, we're not doing an individual movie. We're going to be talking about many. So, uh, yeah, this is very exciting. So... Let's get it started. We don't have to talk about what we thought about the movie because we're going to be talking about a lot of them. Yeah. All right, guys. Actually. Yeah, no, I think we're good here. I'm going to pull up my, my note, my handy dandy notebook. So I can make this list. All right, guys. So. Back in 1994, uh, it was the very first time that they decided they were going to take a property of theirs and make it into live action. And that would be 1994's The Jungle Book, or as it was officially called, it was Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book, which stars uh, Jason Scott Lee, who we talked about last week in Mulan, the live action Mulan. Uh, he also played Bruce Lee in uh, Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Mm. This was a film that was... The reason we didn't fully... We did talk about this in our Jungle Book episode. But the reason we didn't really go into full detail on this movie was because it technically is not 
a, a, a remake of the 67 Jungle Book. It is actually a sequel to that movie in a way. Uh, where Mowgli is an adult, he goes away. It's kind of a very Tarzan-like story where it's Mowgli leaving the jungle but then coming back and kind of introduce, you know, reacclimating himself to the jungle. This movie was directed by Stephen Sommers, who would go on to do The, the Mummy in 1999. He actually did uh, uh, a movie that we're actually going to be covering this year because Dan keeps talking about it. <laughs> Dan, what's the movie? You're supposed to say oh, it. Oh, it's, it's Deep Rising. Deep Rising. <laughs> Tentacle Justice. Yes, he actually, uh, he also directed uh, G.I. Joe, uh, The Rise of Cobra, the first one. He mm. did The Mummy Returns, and he did Van Helsing. So a lot of, he's got some, he's got some cult classics, and he's got some real stinkers. Yeah. But yeah, he would be the director behind this film. And he also wrote the screenplay for it. He, it's actually based on the second Jungle Book, which is actually the title of the book that Rudyard Kipling wrote uh, after the original. It was literally just called The oh. Second Jungle Book. Oh, okay. <laughs> this film stars uh, Jason Scott Lee, Carrie Elways. I, I don't know if that's exactly how you say his name, but that's how I've always said it. Uh, Lena Hetty, who was in Game of Thrones, for any, any of you Game of Thrones fans out there. Uh, Carrie Elways saw Princess Bride. He's yes. been a lot of stuff. Twister. Twister. Yes, he's the villain in <laughs> Twister. Well, how do I forget? <laughs> Sam Neill was in this. Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. Yes. He was also in Event Horizon in the Mouth of Madness. Uh, and John Cleese, who is one of the Monty, guys from Monty Python. He was in a couple of the Harry Potter movies. I mean, he's a comedy legend. I mean, the cast is pretty stacked for this movie. And to be honest, I had only seen it once when I was a kid. And I remember enjoying it. I, I, I think it just wasn't as memorable as the the animated film. And I think mostly it was because of the cast. But it was also when I was a kid, this movie was great because it had all real animals in it. Yeah. Like everything before they decided that using exotic animals was probably not the smartest move uh, in Hollywood. Yeah, it's fine. But um, what do you guys think of this movie? Like, what was your, like, have you, like, do you remember ever seeing this one? I remember the, I remember the trailers. I remember this movie coming out. Like, I remember, like, previews and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I never saw it. Because I never, like, put two and two together. Like, right. it was like Jungle Book was like, it wasn't a big thing for me until I actually was a little bit past this point in my life. Like, I remember seeing it growing up, but it didn't really, like, take hold until a little bit afterwards. But, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, we're talking about the cast here, and I'm just like, why haven't we watched this? I didn't realize Disney did it because I knew, I knew the Jungle Book even when I was a kid. I knew that that wasn't Disney's property, right? Technically, it was mm -hmm. based on an existing book. I just thought it was somebody else doing it. I had no idea it had any connection to Disney whatsoever. I yeah, I remember watching it as a kid. Uh, it was definitely one one of my grandparents had you know the clan book of this one. Uh, it wasn't one that I had watched many times. Like the animated one was definitely the version I would have rather watched uh, as a kid. I, th I don't think I've ever watched this since being a kid. So there's really not a lot we can tell you about this other than this is where it all started. It, it's very nineties. Uh, and yeah, the cat, I mean, it, this is definitely one I feel I should have watched probably for our jungle book review just to kind of see what it was like. But, 
unfortunately, I wasn't watching four or five movies based on the Jungle Book uh, before that review when we were only talking about two movies. But there it is, guys. Uh, this was released on December 25th, so Christmas Day of 1994. It was a cool. budget of $30 million and made about 70 So not so great, but it was, you know, Disney's first foray into, you know, turning a beloved animated film into uh, into live action, even though it technically wasn't. Yeah, say a sequel? <laughs> So as of right now, we're going to move on to our second movie. We're going to put the Jungle Book in there since it's our only movie so far. Going on to number two. In November 27th, 1996, John Hughes, the famous John Hughes, the man who wrote many great films such as The Breakfast Club, uh, 16 Candles, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Home Alone 1 and 2, he would write... Uh, the script for a live-action film based on a 1961 animated film called 101 Dalmatians. This one was directed by Stephen Herrick, who directed Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He directed Critters, which was his first film. Yeah, he directed all three of the Bill and Ted movies. Uh, Three Musketeers in 1993. I'm going to shout that out because our good friends over at the Quad Pro Quo podcast covered that movie. So I figured I'd shout them out. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, Rockstar. And then he kind of just went off. Actually, I lied. He only directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1989. He did not direct the other two. This seems like a really interesting repertoire to be like, these are the movies this guy did. Let's have him do 101 Dalmatians. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't scream like, this is our pick. But maybe they just wanted somebody different. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I did not know this was written by John Hughes. I, I watched this a couple days ago. And, you know, they always have the opening crawl of the director, producers, all that stuff. And I saw it written by John Hughes. And I was like, wait a minute. I know that man. I know his work. He makes movies. He makes good movies. So this one uh, stars Glenn Close who, to be honest, she is fantastic as Cruella DeVille. Yes. Jeff Daniels, one year out from, or a couple years out from Dumb and Dumber. So you knew he had some comedy chops, even though he wasn't full yeah. comedy in this movie. You knew he yeah. could do it. Uh, he, I mean, of course, he's also an arachnophobia. He's been in a lot of things. Uh, Jolie Richardson, who played, uh, I can't remember the character's names here, uh, Nita. Nita. You also have Hugh Laurie House, yep. who plays no uh, Jasper. You have Mark like, Williams, oh, who played Horace, who played, he was Ron Weasley's father in the Harry Potter movies. And uh, guess what, guys? Frank Welker was in this movie. He did the, Of course he was. He was. Uh, he was the dog barks, pretty much. He was, it's he literally credited as Pongo and Perdita creature sounds. Yep. Frank Walker, you, you can't have a real dog sound. You have to yeah, like, do they not have, like, Frank a Walker. sound archive? Like, let's get a dog barking. Man, making some easy money. I want to just all the... I got a question. Maybe yeah. they do have a sound archive, and it's all just Frank yeah. Walker. It's all Frank Walker. <laughs> it's just, like, various animals Frank Walker has done. And you just like, right. take, we'll use right. this one. This is a good sample. Yeah. I mean, this... I remember... Go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead. Uh, I, just... I watched this the other day and i was like wait a minute i've seen um jolie richardson before on nip tuck i'm like 
she doesn't sound like that and i had to look her up she really is she really does have a she's from from england and i was like what yeah she's the daughter of actually famous actress vanessa redgrave well there you go i have no idea who that is as she's I mean, she's an actress who's been around since, I think, the early 60s. Okay. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. But yeah, I I thought that was cool. Didn't know Hugh Laurie was in it. I was like, wait a minute, House is in this? See, because I remember seeing this when I was a kid, and I remember enjoying it. And I I like the movie. But it's just like, you don't realize because you're a kid. I, I didn't really keep up with movies as much back then, so that's really funny. Yeah. I always remember Glenn Close, though. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, this was definitely uh, a favorite of mine growing up. I, I loved this version. I actually I feel like I watched this version more than I watched the animated one. Uh, even though the animated one is fantastic. Uh, it, it But it also came out during the 60s, which the 60s... A lot of Disney movies that came out in the 60s were not as popular or like didn't do as well as uh everything that came before or after and not and it, it, that decade didn't really was kind of the low end of disney until probably the 80s the 80s is that really hurt disney up until the little mermaid came out yeah yeah i know they had a bad run in the 80s like the black cauldron and shit like yeah that. they were trying to stuff go with some really dark stuff even though i feel disney's always dove into the dark yeah, uh, in a lot of their stories, but Black Cauldron was like something completely different. I'm like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> like, this is. I've seen that movie. It's just been a long time, but. I mean, that's also Sorry. when the Great Mouse Detective came out, which is one of my favorite Disney movies that came out in I think '86. Uh, I mean, they also had a horror legend in that movie with Vincent Price. Yep. So. Yep. But this movie, as I stated, came out November 18th, 1996 uh, in New York City, November 24th in Hollywood, and November 27th in the United States. Uh, It had a budget of $67 million and made $320.7 million. Also, it spawned a sequel, 102 Dalmatians, which would come out a few years later, uh, bringing back the core cast, pretty much. Uh, and I guess it, that story was Cruella, you know, she's been in the mental institution and she becomes, she wants to like now be a dog advocate. She wants to protect the dogs. And then, but then her like real self like breaks through and mm-hmm. she becomes the full fledged villain again. And it's not oh, a wow. bad sequel, but to be honest, this is the, uh, one of the lowest on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. This is lower than some movies on the on the remake list that it shouldn't be. This was this is one of my favorite live action Disney movies. I think it's very loyal to the source material. Of course, this is based on a book before it became a movie, as most Disney mm-hmm. properties are. Uh, but I think it, it really follows along with the animated feature. Just, of course, it's more modern because that one took place in the 60s. This one takes place in the 90s where where it takes place. Uh, I love the, I think Jeff Daniels and Jolie Richardson are great in this playing uh, the two, our two main characters. And I love Hugh Laurie and uh, was it Mark, Mark Williams as Jasper and Horace. I thought they did really well. Yeah, this is very, but here's the, here's the funny thing about this movie. And I think a lot of people might see it when they watch it as an adult. This is 101 Dalmatians slash Home Alone. It's very yeah. Home Alone, and of course John Hughes wrote Home Alone, so it's 
it kind of it, it's like it kind of bled into it because that whole final act where it's the dog setting up traps for Jasper and Horace and for Coella. Yeah, you're it's 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 interesting and it feels very home alone like. And I want to do a special shout out here because I did not realize who she played in this movie, but now I know later. Uh, Joanne. Joan Plowright. Joan Plowright. Joan Plowright. You're right. Sorry, I said her name wrong. But the nanny? She does. The nanny, yes. yes. Well, she did Baleen in Dinosaur, yes. which is the Brachiosaurus. Oh, and okay, I, yeah. okay. She I love her in, in that movie. That's literally... That's literally what she's credited for. She's literally credited as nanny. Yep, yeah. That's it, yep. just nanny. Yep. You don't get any more than that, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, she was in Last Action no, Hero. She yeah, she's I've, I've I remember seeing her face in a lot of things. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So, is this one better than the '94 Jungle Book? This. Well, since it's not based on Jungle Book, I know. I still figure we put it in the rankings. Oh, okay. So unjustly, we hadn't okay. seen it. So, seen it. Have you? This one? No, Jungle Book. Oh, '94 Jungle. Not Book. The '94 Jungle Book. I have to say this one's better just because I've seen it and I just recently saw it and I love everybody that's in it. I was, and I thought it was a good, but I've not seen. Based based on my recollection, excuse me, I'd rather watch this than I would the original animated Dalmatians. Yeah, I I kind of agree. As much as I I do enjoy the original animated film, uh, the the main difference I think, the main reason I think I like the animated version slightly more than this one, even though I think I would watch this one more is the dogs talk in the animated version uh, where, yeah. which is fine that they don't talk in this. Cause I hate live action animals talking. Like I hate when you just like see lips moving. Blah, blah, blah. And especially yeah, since they actually yeah, use, <laughs> well, especially since they actually use real dogs in this word. Like when we talked about the jungle book and we talked about, I mean, uh, I mean, the Jungle Book is probably the best example because they had all everything was animals talking. They're all CG, yeah. so you can actually fluently make them talk without it just feeling weird. Where when That's you fair. when you watch a movie, I'm trying to think of like a good example of like real animals, but then they have their lips like they have like the CG yeah. talking. I'm like, oh god, yeah. that's just ooh, that's Air rough. The, no, the only the only <laughs> does Airbud talk? Sure, I don't, I don't think Airbud ever talking. talked in those movies. The only animal that can get away with that is Mr. Ed. Mm. Excuse me a moment. Yes, I love it, oh, Mr. Ed. You know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna make a I'm gonna make an executive decision right now. We are gonna erase the Jungle Book 1994 because we're just gonna talk about the live action remakes that actually are loyal and go by the rules of their animated counterparts. So 94 okay. Jungle Book, get out. Sorry, 94 Jungle Book fans. <laughs> we talked about your movie for a little bit. <laughs> we did. We acknowledge its existence. Also, speaking of 101 Dalmatians, we did get a, a Cruella DeVille prequel a few years ago with uh, Emma Stone playing Cruella, uh, which was actually really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Cruella. Uh, we're not going to count that on our list, uh, but I do want to talk about it a little bit because I think it's it's a very well-made movie a very well-made prequel story and uh, i'm looking forward to I, I believe they're supposed to be making a sequel to it 
uh, which will kind of blend into 101 Dalmatians and her kind of turning fully evil. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to shout that one out. I remember to start watching that and then I'm like, no, I need to watch the others. I remember, <laughs> I remember that movie coming out, the, 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 re, uh, Cruella, whatever it is. I remember that coming out and I remember like some of the people I knew that I, that I worked with had seen it and just shit all over it. Like, I just remember <laughs> it being like, I don't know. I never watched it. I don't know. I can only go by anecdotal evidence and hearsay. But it was just like, I just, the origin story of like, she hates dogs because dogs killed her mom or some shit like that. I'm just like, Christ. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, spoilers. Cruella. Sorry, guys. Cruella DeVille in that movie. Yeah, her mom gets killed by Dalmatians, but it's because of the owner of the dogs, like six, like she trains her dogs to pretty much literally bite people, like attack people. And literally, like pushed her off a cliff. So it was more of like she a revenge. Yeah, to her mom. It was more of like a revenge tale against the owner of the dogs, and then I I don't know how where it goes from there. But this take it takes place in the sixties. It's her probably in her early twenties, mid twenties, yeah. I think. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good time. Uh, good. I mean, Emma Stone. I love Emma Stone whenever she does. And um, oh, uh, um, 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 who who's the? She was. Just, who's the actress who plays the villain in that movie? I think it was uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. We talked about her Beauty of the Beast, the remake of that. She played the villain, and she. I mean, she. She's another one who can really do anything. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize she was the villain in that. Yep. Two Emmas. Emma versus Emma. I don't know. So in 1998, we got a, a Jungle Book, a, a, a movie that was more true to the Jungle Book animated film, but I think it was more true to the story that Rudyard Kipling wrote. It was called The Jungle Book Mowgli Story. We're not going to really talk about that one. Uh, then we got 102 Dalmatians in 2000. And then our next full-on remake wouldn't be until 2010. When Tim Burton would helm Alice in Wonderland, which is based on the 1951 animated film. This came out in February 25th, 2010 uh, in the UK and March 5th, 2010 in the United States with a 150 to $200 million budget. And it made 1.025 billion dollars okay why yeah this movie is legit the reason we are getting all these remakes clearly like yes 101 dalmatians made good money made 320 million dollars off of like a 45 what did i say 45 60 it was like between 45 and 60 million dollar budget so that's pretty good that's a pretty good turnout even yeah. if you count all of the promotions and stuff because it was probably pushed a lot but the fact is, is they didn't really do another full remake until what, 15 years later, 14, 15 years later. So the fact that they, they literally were like, all right, we're going to bring on a well-known director. This is a, a, you know, Alice in Wonderland. If you've ever seen the animated film from 1951, it's trippy. The, the story is trippy. 
the original animated film is trippy. So of course you got to bring in a director who is good at making these trippy type of movies and who better than Tim Burton. The, (laughs) The problem is this is when we started to get so much CGI CGI just exploded on your screen on these movies. And of course that's why you get these massive budgets, 150 to $200 million. I think that's the largest budget Tim Burton has ever had in his entire career. Like, I don't think he's ever gotten even close to that. If you go through his filmography, I mean, most of his movies were made for like maybe 50 to $75 million at most, because a lot of his movies were, I mean, they weren't considered independent, but they weren't this. Like we talked about Edward Scissorhands and how hard it was for him to get that made and how much, how hard it was to get just the money, enough money to make that movie, even though he had already done two other movies. So the fact that he was given $200 million, damn, that's wild. Yes. But it made a billion dollars, so I guess it worked out. Allegedly, yes. Yeah, I mean, definitely got mixed reviews. I, yeah, well, well, let's go around and talk about Alice in Wonderland. Angela, what did, uh, what were your thoughts on this movie? Okay. Can you not? I was, I was, I'm putting you on. I, I know. Um, <laughs> for the most part, I, I enjoyed it just because it, it's based on a, dreams. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was more like unrealistic because it's dreams. So that kind of fed into the, it's, the motif of the story yes, of it being that. trippy and weird. Yeah, it's supposed to be trippy and weird. So, yeah, it's supposed to not be caterpillar doing drugs and shit. Yeah, I mean, you have a cat that disappears and just leaves a smile behind. I yep. mean, mm-hmm. but I love I love Tim Burton. I love Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, or, what did I just say? Did you just say Helena Tim Burton? Helena. Helena. No, what did I say before? You said Tim Burton. You said you Tim, Burton. Tim Burton. Johnny Depp. I my brain is like there's so much going on with all of that I've watched. The I know these episodes this episode like, is definitely I'm one where we to... we had to do a lot more uh watching. Like usually it's one so, movie a week and it's like, okay guys, we're going to be talking about I have 12 movies. Binged, <laughs> yeah, I have binged like four movies in the last 2 days. So I'm like I'm going through all the files in my brain and it's it's not <laughs> Um, dragons. No, um, I. The only thing that I did not not like, I didn't like Alice. I didn't like the portrayal oh. of Alice in it. Okay. I that was. I just don't, because I don't think I liked Alice from the animated one. So to kind of just jump in on that, so I know that this technically isn't a. This kind of is what that 94 Jungle Book is, because technically this is a sequel to the original 51 animated film, because it's her as a teenager, because throughout the movie, they actually talk about how she's already been there before, which means that it's talking about her first time going from the 51 film, uh, because she's a lot older. And there's other things that happen. Like, it doesn't really go B for B, but it's to the core. This is a remake of the original film. Just kind of, they kind of tweak some things. 
So I get why you might dislike Alice because it's not really the same Alice, but I guess you didn't like the Alice from the original. So I guess it's just Alice. <laughs> it was just because she was so willing to do everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you mean, like drugs? Did. <laughs> the the whole eat me, drink me right, thing. Right, right, right. Like she was just so willing to to do this. And I'm like, She'd never oh. survive through college these days. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you never. you need to step back there and take take just a minute to um think about what you're doing. I, I agree. But I don't like this movie. You you, like you and many people. Tim Burton. That's exactly right, because it's fucking Tim Burton. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've said this before many times. This I'm not a fan of Tim Burton's style. He has stuff I like. We've talked about movies about of, of his that I like. So mm-hmm. I I don't care for this movie. Um, uh, I think I I don't like Johnny Depp in this movie. I don't like his portrayal of the Mad Hatter because it reminds me too much of his fucking portrayal of fucking Willy Wonka, and I don't like that movie either. Yeah. That movie is nightmares. Okay, I can't wait to cover it. <laughs> I can't Dude, wait to cover I, that movie. I don't. I'm sorry. Like, we had fucking Gene Wilder. To me, is Willy Wonka. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. and I just can't do the Johnny Depp thing. I'm sorry. Oh, He's a great t- actor. Don't get me I, wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love Johnny Depp as an actor. I do too. That is one I watch, and I go, "What happened? Where were yes. we going with this?" Exactly, but not to deviate too much. That's nightmare fuel. Yes, absolutely. We have, yeah, I have seen this movie with you. We watched this together. Been a little bit, but yeah, it's been a long time. I, for some odd reason, we were starting this. I wanted to call the Jabberwocky the Gobblecock, and I know that's not right, but I just that's just where I was at <laughs> because it's me. Yes, but if I do recall correctly, is it not Christopher Lee? Yes, it is. Yep, that is that is, is the voice the of the best thing about this movie. Yep. The best fucking thing. About I this love. I'm gonna jump into your jab or to the Jabberwocky talk because there's a song by Corn uh, called Thoughtless, and there is a mm-hmm. part where he joke no joke says Jabberwocky like 15 times, and so every time I'd hear that song, I just and I'd watch Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, I just wa- I just want to hear Thoughtless, the Corn song, there play as she's fighting the Jabberwocky. <laughs> I love it. That's great. What's going on, everybody? It's Brett from the future. Um, So I figured I would correct myself in something that I stated just about a few seconds ago about a lyric from the song Thoughtless by Korn. I thought for years that he was saying Jabberwocky and never looked at the lyrics. And so that's why I said what I said. But unfortunately for me, because I don't do enough research before I say anything, um, I figured I would show you or tell you the actual lyrics to the song, or at least for that part where it sounds like he's saying Jabberwocky. He literally says, I've got my body, got my body back against the wall. And he says that a lot, but he says it in such a way that it sounds like Jabberwocky and it just implanted in my brain. And that's what I always thought he was saying. So my apologies uh, to all you mega corn fans out there. I've never looked at these lyrics until yesterday when I was editing this episode. So I fixed it. I corrected my mistake. I know it's not the only mistake I've probably made in any of these episodes, but I figured, you know, I'd fix this one. So, all right, back to the episode. Because they never talk about the Jabberwocky in the, or at least they don't show it. No, no, no. Right? The old one, I don't remember that. I don't, I I never read the book, so I can't say, oh yeah, it was in the book. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this. All in all, I'm not going to prattle on about this. I'm not a fan of, I'm sure there's something in it outside of Christopher Lee that I liked. But it has that Tim Burton aesthetic to it, yeah. and it's, it's just whatever. It's not a movie for me. 
It is in the book. Okay. Was introduced in the sequel. Yes. Novel. And yes. Uh, yeah, so there, there was a sequel to this movie that came out, uh, I think, pretty decent time later. Couple did, years did, wasn't uh, it? Into the Alice Through the Looking Glass came out in 2016. So six years after Alice in Wonderland came out, they made a sequel. It was not that good. Uh, Tim yeah, Burton didn't come back to direct it. He was part of the. It was part of his production team, and he was a producer. But it just it was it was a really messy movie. Probably. Yeah. But I remember not liking that one either. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this movie is definitely one I don't go back to. I haven't seen it in quite a while. I do remember I did watch it a lot when it first came out. I know that when I worked at Walmart, we used to have to, we used to play movies in our TVs, just kind of show off how nice the TVs were. And this was, this was a visually, I think this movie looked good visually. And so we used to play this movie all the time. And... I yeah, Johnny Depp's performance as the Mad Hatter, I definitely wouldn't put it near this Willy Wonka. His Willy Wonka performance is the worst performance of his career. That movie is horrifying. His voice just haunts me in my dreams. And uh, yeah, that movie is a fucking nightmare. That is legit a horror movie, and it wasn't made to be. This was definitely he he definitely wanted to do his own little twist to what the Mad Hatter was in the animated film. Uh, he still, of course, because he actually, when he was researching to do this role, he actually read up on uh, people who suffer from mercury poisoning, which is what the Mad Hatter suffers from because he's a oh. hat maker and they use mercury to make hats back in those times. And so the mercury would fuck with your, you know, would you would get mercury poisoning and it would, they call it, it was like, uh, I can't remember the exact diagnosis, but um, pretty much it make you go mad. And so a lot of, there was a lot of people in mental institutions that were, you know, suffering from that. So he kind of, that's where that performance came in, where you have the quirky, like, whoa, like out there mixture of like Jack Sparrow and Willy Wonka. And then you have him kind of snapping out of it where he's very serious and he, he changes his accent. Like, I feel like that was the real him before he goes mad. So he's kind of uh, suffering from like schizophrenia. Interesting. Yeah. Because when he changes his persona, he doesn't know about the other side. He doesn't know about the wacky version of himself. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that's the thing about Johnny Depp. I think he puts a lot of heart into his performances. I think he does. He does a lot of research into trying to perf uh, create these very unique characters, even though some of them are just way out there. Uh, I definitely, it's definitely not one of my favorites, but I, I, I enjoyed what he tried to do. Uh, we have uh, Mia Wasikowska who played Alice. She was somewhat of a newcomer uh, when she got the role as Alice. And then she would go, you know, she was in like Crimson Peak uh, by Guillermo del Toro. Later on, uh, she's done a lot of things since uh, this came out. We got Helena Bonham Carter as the Red yeah. Queen. And... <laughs> It's wild to think that this movie back in 2010 could do the big head uh, effect better than a Marvel movie that came out in 2023. I'm sorry for anyone who thought who, who watches Ant-Man Quantumania and went, oh, man, what's his name? What's that character? Modoc. Modoc. Oh, yep. yeah, he looks fine. No, he looks fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> he looks so fucking dumb. Dude. 
No, dude, I, I agree 100%. I didn't even see the movie. Like, I literally seen the CG for the movie. I'm like, fuck that. I'm out. Yeah. Like, dude, it's it's Modoc. Look how he looks in the comic book. It's not a regular dude's fucking face that's big. That's not how it is. Why was that? You're right. This is what we're going to do, guys. This is the ticket. Like, anyway, I'm not. Yeah. No, but that, that, not that, I just wanted to point that out sure. because I, I thought that's the effect great. of her head being bigger than her body uh, was really cool. Uh, it was definitely yeah, a lot different than we saw in the animated film where it was just uh, a yeah. it was she was just a woman. We have Anne Hathaway as the White Queen. She was the one she was the one performance I was like, I'm not a fan of of what she was doing with this character. If I remember I didn't like how she talked. Yes, I agree. She was very she manipulated her voice in a way that I was just like, ooh, it's very off putting. Uh, Crispin Glover. This was this was one I didn't like because they CG most of his body. Like his, so they wanted him to look. He's the knight. He's the nav of hearts, or he's stain as he's they call him in the movie. And he literally, I believe, his legs and his arms are CG so that he looks like a tougher character. It's just really weird, man. It's really off putting. We have Matt Lucas as Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I actually thought they were fine. Uh, we have and uh, we have some great voice performances too. We have Michael Sheen as the White Rabbit. We have Alan Rickman as the Caterpillar, who was a perfect casting for that role because of the way he it's just yeah. so, he was so monotone and it just fit yes. perfectly. Uh, Barbara Windsor as the Dormouse. Did we talk about her in a movie? I don't know. I'm not going to go too deep into that. Uh, Timothy Spall as the dog. He was like the big, um, he was the bloodhound. We have Paul Whitehouse as the Marsh Hare. We have Michael Goff as the Dodo. The late, oh no, not Michael, Michael Goff. Yeah, Michael, the late Michael Goff who played Alfred yep. in uh, the Batman movies. Uh, Christopher Lee as the Jabberwocky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And Imelda Stoughton as the Talking Flowers. If anybody doesn't know who Imelda Stoughton is, she played uh, Dolores Umbridge, one of the most evil characters in the Harry Potter films. And I think she shows yeah. up in what? The fifth one? Yeah. And yeah, guess what, guys? Guess what? Guess who's in this movie? Frank Welker? Yes, he is. Is he the dog? He is the roar of the Jabberwocky and the Bandersnatch. Nice squawks of the Jub Jub Bird and Jub. Bayard's barking. Okay, Rickman, Windsor, Fry, Goff, Lee, Stoughton, and Carter each took only a day to re record their dialogue because of that. Fucking oh, Stephen ass. Fry is uh the Cheshire Cat. I, I forgot to mention his name, but yeah, um, it's yeah, it wasn't, it's not a terrible movie. It definitely, I don't think, has aged too well. I, I think I would prefer watching the animated film over this one, but uh, I like the direction that Tim went with instead of it just being a carbon copy of the original. It was, hey guys, watch the original and then watch this. This is kind of a sequel to that where it's still kind of the similar adventure, but everybody's like, oh my God, it's Alice. Like everyone remembers her, but she doesn't remember anything and yeah, her trying to rediscover it. Out of her She's yeah. Like, oh, I'm good now. Yeah. All right, guys, oh. we're, near, we're now at the end. Is this better than 101 Dalmatians? Fuck no. no. <laughs> All right. All right. So our first two are ranked, even though we are 
almost 40 minutes into this episode. We've only talked about two movies. Um, the next one we're going to talk about, because it's a it's based on a segment of a of a movie. We're going to talk a little bit about The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which came out in 20. It also came out in 2010. It was based on a segment from Fantasia from 1940, which was one of the big ones. That was the one where Mickey Mouse uh, with his cool uh, wizard outfit is, you know, making the brooms dance around. Well, this one was a full fledged uh, live action version with Nicolas Cage and Jay Baruchel. It was directed by John Turtletob, who would do the National Treasure movies. And yeah, this. Have you guys ever seen this one? No, I, I don't. It existed. All right, so we won't talk about it too much, and I we won't add it to the ranking because we didn't really. It's based on a segment of Fantasia, but I thought I'd shout it out. It is a. I remember it being a fun movie. I don't know how it holds up now, thirteen years later, but uh, it's Nicolas Cage being a crazy wizard. So, I mean, Red what's Stanford. not to love about that? And I like John Turtle Tom. I think I think he's uh, he's a fun director. Like I said, he's done some some good movies. Uh, like I said, he did the National Treasure Treasure movies. He did Three Ninjas, which was actually his first one. Uh, cool Runnings. Uh, Disney's The Kid, and he directed The Meg. Oh, okay, which was fun. All right, well, we're gonna go on to the next one. Our next one, which we're gonna talk about fully, because this is technically a remake of a Disney animated film, but it's from the perspective of the villain, which I thought was fun. We're going to talk about Maleficent from 2014. So Maleficent based on uh, the she uh, Maleficent, of course, is the villain of Sleeping Beauty. So this is technically a retelling of Sleeping Beauty. But from Maleficent's point of view, uh, this was directed by Robert Stromberg, who literally directed. He this was his only direct. He only direct this directed this one. I can't talk. That's it. Yeah. He directed wow. this. He worked, but he did work with James Cameron on Avatar, Tim Burton on Alice in Wonderland, Sam Raimi on Oz the Great and Powerful, which we're not going to count, which I, I, I'm going to mention that now. That is a remake. Technically, that's a sequel or a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, but The Wizard of Oz wasn't Disney, so it doesn't count. Okay. But yeah, this is the only film he ever directed. Uh, it stars Angelina Jolie uh, as our main uh, character. We have uh, Charlto Copley, who was in like District 9. He was in the, uh, what was the, what was that TV show where the guys all in the van? The black van? A-Team. A-Team. Yes. I was like, who the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Hold on, keep going down. He was in Chappie. He was in uh, in the last show that he, he's actually on a show now called Powers, which is on, I believe, Amazon Prime. No, I think I know. I think I know another movie this guy may have been in. We have Elle Fanning who plays Aurora. We got Sam Riley. We have Emel- We got Amelda coming back. Staunton who plays one of the fairy uh, pixie fairies. Uh, Juno Temple who plays another one. Yeah. Okay. Sam- he was in Elysium. That's how I remember him. Yeah. Good. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Does Neil Bl- Neil Blomkamp directed those movies? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And. Yeah, that's uh, that's about it for the for the cast there. Uh, this movie had a budget of between 180 and 263 million dollars. A lot of money. Holy shit. 
Uh, and it only, well, I say and it only, but based on whatever the actual budget was, it made $758.3 million. Um, it was released May 30th, 2014. And uh, yeah, what are your guys, have you guys seen this movie? And what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I love it. Um, I thought Angelina Jolie did great as a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, Elle Fanning is good. I, I villain, yes, I know. Um, I always, I am one of those that loves the story of the villain to why they become the way they are. Right, like Cruella. And, like Cruella, yes. Mm-hmm. I love the the backstory behind not just saying that they're bad because they were born to be bad. I hate that. Uh, I hate that saying. But I also love um, Lana Del Rey's version of Once Upon a Dream. Mm-hmm. That's my... Yes. I listen to that all the time. One thing I do okay. love about these live-action remakes is when they bring in like these these huge artists to kind of reimagine very popular songs from the movies because some of them are uh, most of them are really good you get some that aren't as done well because they gotta like hip-hop it and you're like oh no that's not what that's meant to do Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. twist it (laughs) pull it it. yes (laughs) but yeah no go on yeah go on angela um i it's it's definitely one of those I actually have not watched it again since I watched it the first time. I do want to rewatch it. Yeah. I loved it. And I will put it higher than the animated. That's cheating. No. I That's cheating. You can't do that. We're not even rating. You're jumping in. I, I, I don't care. I No, she just said that it's better. She likes it better than the animated version. Yeah, we I haven't gotten to the list yet. We haven't got into the into the ranking I yet. Just, I know, but I'm like, dude, the horse is still at the stable and the cart's three quarters of a mile down the road. I'm running with it. I, apparently, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and I think Elle Fanning is a great actress. Yes, I mean, she's very like her sister. Good. She's she's good and she just gets better and better every time i see her in something new i'm like damn she has become a great actress like i have the the trailer from maleficent is going and it's just seeing angelina jolie's smile oops yeah love it damn i'm unplugging myself i'm sorry can you hear me is it my turn yeah i can now (laughs) i was just like sitting here i was like tugging it it's like whoops (laughs) Hugging the wrong thing. I know. I'm so used to it. But anyway, <laughs> hugging <Ooh>. something. <laughs> no, 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 you got to go under the leg. Under the leg. <laughs> Dutch rudder. Dutch rudder. Anyway, go oh, ahead. Lord. Anyway, no, no, seriously. In all seriousness. Okay. So this movie, I have things to say about this movie. Okay. What's that about? Because you always have things it's to like say. It's like that eye sass you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. This is. I. I remember, uh, Recalling my last time seeing it, which was with her, I actually, this is a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know why they did what they did, but I also, I, I see what you're saying that you want a reason behind it, but like, 
she's not really a villain that's why i said villain like they sympathize because she's the main character and you're like you can't have your main character just be a piece of shit the whole movie we mean you could but they disney's not gonna do it so you got to give a reason it's -hmm. like hey dogs killed my mom and then she has a different motivation (laughs) like you know her kingdom she was what was it spoiler alert she was like fucked over by the man she loved so the king yeah falls in love with her she and and it was like um because he took her wings he cut her wings off because she's a fairy Mm -hmm. technically Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he yeah he like while she was sleeping he cut her wings off yeah because he wasn't i don't think he was king yet it was like in order for him to become the king or something it was some task his father had made him do i don't it was so yeah he used it to become king because he brought in her wings. that's right so shit like you know gorgeous the whole thing like her whole Oh yeah, to toe. She does even great. With, even when she had her wings. Yeah, her I body like, language is great too. Like mm-hmm. she just does a great job. I like the dude we were just talking about, Charlto Copley or however you say his name is. I like how he talks. I just like how that man talks. He could yeah. just speak to me and I'd be completely content. Like in every movie I've ever seen him in, I just like the way he. What now? Kind of, not quite to there, but I just like the way. It, but I, I liked it. It was a good. It was a cool one hundred uh, an hour and thirty seven minutes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a long movie. I remember it being visually very nice to look at. I yeah. feel I, if I remember, it felt stuck very close to the original story while building a bit more because you're focusing on a different character. So you yeah, have a little more going on. The other side of what's going yeah. on. But yeah, I, I, I thought that was great. I actually really enjoyed it. Do we watch it in theaters? Do we watch it? We watched it at home. Okay, I couldn't remember. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, I thought this was a great uh, retelling because, yeah, Sleeping Beauty is definitely not one I. W- I'm not gonna say I dislike it. It's definitely not one I would go back to and and watch. Yeah, it I just it, it was kind of boring, to be honest. It really not a lot goes on in that movie. Just the dragon at the end. That's what's all. It, about. To be honest, it it kind of is on the same like level as like Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. The only reason I like that movie is because that was the first Disney animated movie, and I like the innovation and like what they could do back then. But like the story is just kind of meh. Yeah, uh, same as Sleeping Beauty. And so the fact that they took the most interesting character from that original story and made her the focal point and gave her this whole backstory on why she's evil, I loved it. I love the fact that she, even though she is the villain in Sleeping Beauty, she's not the villain in this movie. She becomes a villain because of what has been done to her. And it's not just some, like, the dude just falls out of love with her, or, like, runs away from her. No, this man cuts off her wings while she's sleeping for one why how how are you not waking up did she did he like drug her or something okay okay yeah okay that's what i thought something in her drink or something they were doing something in the the not the woods but like near the castle or wherever yeah yeah so yeah i just love this whole backstory i angelina jolie's performance is in my eyes, spectacular. Like, and I don't say that about a lot of people. I think she's, she was meant to play this role. Also fun fact, uh, Aurora as a baby or like as a toddler, that was Angelina Jolie's actual daughter. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, as we said, Charto Copley, he's, uh, he's good pretty much in anything, even in the movies that are probably as good. Uh, Elle Fanning, like Angela was saying, she's great. And she just keeps getting better and better every time. Uh, yeah, and uh, I actually like Sam Riley. He's the one who plays the crow that, 
or the raven that she can turn into human form. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember him, yeah. But overall, this was a this was a good this is a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely got to go back and, and rewatch again. I did watch it a couple years ago when the second one came out, uh, Maleficent and Mistress of Evil, which came out in 2019. I remember kind of rewatching the first one to kind of know what the hell was happening. And uh, that one was fun, too, the sequel. I thought that one continued uh, the character growth because you're you're seeing the relationship between Maleficent and Aurora is a lot stronger. And then you have to go through some more turmoil with the kingdom. It's a lot of fun. So, with that being said, where are we putting this one on the list? We have 101 Dalmatians and Alice in Wonderland so far. It's got to be the top of the list for me. All right. So, at number, we're putting Maleficent's. We have to watch that because Sis would like it. Maleficent? Yep. Yeah, she'd really like it. it. I just spelled the name wrong. Maleficent. I think I spelled it right. It's okay. No one's going to see my rating. Yeah. A werewolf. She can now be a evil queen. Fairy, evil fairy queen. With, yeah. with warlock witch wizard. Thing. All right. On to our fourth, technically fourth uh, film that is going to be part of our rankings, and that is 2015's Cinderella. This was directed by Kenneth Branagh, who directed Thor. He's directed those uh, like Murder on the Orient Express and Murder on the Nile or death on the Nile. He does. He's directed a lot of movies. He's done Hamlet. A lot of things. Just look him up. He's been an, he's an actor and a director. And I completely forgot. He actually directed this movie. Uh, it was written by Simon Kinberg, who wrote a lot of the X-Men movies. So, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Depending on which ones that might not be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he uh, he was a producer on um oh actually he directed Dark Phoenix, which is the best one, right, Dan? Sure, why not? <laughs> nope, probably not. But go ahead. <laughs> what do you mean? No, he has done. He's he was actually his first writing credit. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, was X Men State of the Union with Ice Cube. Uh, he would write X Men: The Last Stand, Jumper. Oh. 2009's Sherlock Holmes, which I like. Uh, he was a That's producer good. on X-Men First Class, but he didn't write it. First Class was good. Uh, he did write Fu- Days of Future Past, which is probably one of my favorite X-Men movies. I think it's that's a good fantastic. One. He did write, though, the 2015 Fantastic Four. Ugh. He wrote four films in 2015. He wrote, or no, he only wrote one, but he was a producer on four films in 2015. He wrote Fantastic Four and then was a producer on uh, Cinderella, Chappie, and The Martian. He wrote X-Men Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, and uh, last year's The 355. No idea. Yeah. Not a lot of people watch that one, but it has a good cast. It's on Netflix, I think. Okay. So, cast. Kate Blanchett playing the evil stepmother. Which great casting because Kate Blanchett can literally do anything. Uh, Lily James, who plays Cinderella, or Ella, I think is technically what her name is, and Cinderella is the the nickname that she is given by the evil stepmother because she's her face is always covered in cinders because she sleeps by the fireplace. Did you know that that was the origin of Cinderella? Yeah. If you didn't, no. you know now. <laughs> Dude, I'll be frank with you. I didn't even know this movie fucking existed. 
until like you brought it up. I was like, they remade that. Yeah. They all. Yeah, they're all. I know. Actors. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. They got Richard Madden. Uh, he was in uh, the Eternals. He was in Game of Thrones. I don't. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I know he was in Game of Thrones. Good. We have Helena Bonham Carter, who's back again as the fairy godmother. See, Disney is just like uh, a lot of the kaiju films that we have watched. Mm-hmm. The the Godzilla ones. You sign you sign that contract, Good and they're life. like, "Hey, you're gonna be in this 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 movie." Yeah, these, and yep. you have no choice but to say okay. Yeah, in Japan, some of those you were just like tied to a studio, not necessarily just a movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how they, they used to do their films it, or something it, along those lines. It's the same. Like, they're in so many different movies. Another a Game of Thrones alum, Nonzo Anozi, who played the captain, who was uh, Richard Madden's, like, right-hand man guy. Uh, and Stellan Skarsgård's in this movie. <laughs> played the Grand Duke. I yep. was just saying, I was like, they all, they're all actors, like, all his kids. This legion of children. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not really a lot to talk about with Cinderella. I <laughs> didn't, I, I'm not going to lie to you, to everybody here listening or watching. I didn't watch this movie because I was trying to get through all these. And guess what? This is the only live action Disney movie, not on Disney plus, and you can't get it on any streaming service. So you had to rent it. And I said, nah, I'm good. So I just went on YouTube and watched some videos that went through the plot of this movie and to be honest, um, other than Kate Blanchett's performance as uh, who I think is just phenomenal being she literally could be anything. Uh, this movie is just meh, nothing too special about this movie. It's visually it is nice. Uh, the performances are, are pretty good, but overall, there's not a huge difference between the original and this one. And the original is far superior to this. And as we go along, I think it's going to be that way. Uh, so yeah, Cinderella, not a lot to talk about other than, uh, one more thing. It was released on March 13th, 2015 in the United States and March 27th in the UK. It had a 84 to a $95 million budget and made $542.4 million. Well, they got a couple bucks out of it. Yeah. And so that's what they're like, let's do some more guys. So I'm going to tell you my thing. I always remember about Cinderella Mm -hmm. is when the mice and stuff are singing about making Cinderella's dress, Cinderella. which they don't, Cinderella. which they don't Cinderella. talk in this one. Fuck that. Because and that's what no they mice. do with these live action remakes. If there are talking animals other than the jungle book, if there are talking animals, they, they, they just make them animals. So they don't talk anymore. Yeah. They did something different with the, with the lion King and that didn't fucking pan out. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I can't wait to, I can't wait to, I, I'm just going to warn everybody listening. When we get to the Lion King, it's not going to be a good time, uh, probably for your ears. So, Cinderella, where are we ranking this one? We didn't watch it. We okay, so I guess we have to put it at the bottom for now. I've only seen the one with Whitney Houston and um, Brandy. Yeah, I don't. I Yeah, I there's don't a lot of versions of Cinderella out there. Yeah. And even just going through that, like, plot breakdown from, uh, I was on YouTube, I watched uh, everything... Is it everything wrong with Cinderella from Cinema Sins? So I want to shut them out. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Just Cinema shit Sins. on the movie even more. Like, yeah. Fuck it. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I was watching it. I just wanted to say I wasn't really listening to what he was saying in his just just uh, cinema sins. If you don't want a movie that is actually good to be just torn down, don't listen to cinema sins because they will take any movie that you love and just destroy it. <laughs> I watched one, one of theirs one time. Very entertaining, was, though. Huh, no. Yeah. No. Very like entertaining. There's, there's a couple of times I was like. I'm just going to stop it. And then I'm yeah. like, no, I'm already this far in. I got to watch it. Getting so angry right now. No. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to rank Cinderella on the bottom. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. We were, we were going to, we were going to watch all of the movies. We did. This was the only one we couldn't get to because I wasn't paying to watch it. Unjustly, but we don't give a shit. No offense to people who liked yeah. it. If you like it, cool. If you, if, sure. if you agree with us. Okay. So here's what I'm going to ask people in the comments somewhere, you know, somewhere on the internet, let us know why this isn't on Disney plus. I want to know why it's not on there. I'm not going to look it up. I looked it up. It was distribution rights. Fuck. Don't do this to me, Parker. Just let the people talk. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Because I looked it up when I couldn't find it. I was like, why is it not on Disney plus? And I said, because there was like a battle, but for distribution rights, I'm like, it was on Disney plus because I know my, my wife and kids watch. I like walked in and my wife and kids were watching it on Disney Plus. So it was there. So they it must have recently been taken off. I don't know. Okay. Next up is the Jungle Book. We're not gonna go to, into that because we have a whole episode on it. So make sure to uh, go back a couple episodes to episode 103 where we talked about the Jungle Book uh, from 1967 and from 2016. So let's put it on the board though. Where are we ranking the Jungle Book on our list? Oh, why are you looking over here? I'm not looking at oh, you. I'm you looking were. over here. No, I'm looking over here. I see you looking this way. I thought you were looking at me. Uh, I think it's below Dalmatians, but that's just me. I can agree with that. Okay. I mean, I'm outnumbered, but I would have put it underneath Maleficent and above 101 Dalmatians. I've, I when, think this is the... <sighs> Maleficent want... is fun because it's way it's different. I liked it, though. Then side with him. Don't okay. side with me. I wasn't, no. I wasn't okay. high on the movie on the second viewing. I'm going to side with Parker. Yeah, go with him. All right. So the Jungle Book will be our new number two. So we are now going to move on to Beauty and the Beast, which we've, like, again, we've already done an episode on this, so make sure to go back to uh, episode 102, where we talked about the 1991 animated film of and the 2017 live action. So we're not going to go into all that. So if you want to know all of the ins and outs of those two movies, make sure to go back and listen to episode 102. So we're just going to rank it. Guys, where's Beauty and the Beast going on this? Currently, our list is number one, Maleficent. Number two, The Jungle Book. Number three, 101 Dalmatians. Number four, Alice in Wonderland. And number five, Cinderella. I'm first. No, I'm not going first. Uh, I actually liked this remake. I actually was higher on this than I was probably even Jungle Book remake. So, mm-hmm. but not more than that, in my opinion. So I would put it like, like I'm fine with it. Like Dalmatians are right below it. It's like kind of work for me okay. for for Judy and the Beast because I think it's a pretty cool. Well, I don't want to talk about. It. We fucking got an episode. <laughs> on it. Yes, that go watch that shit. Yes, watch or listen to that episode. Yes, liked it though. This one's. Difficult. Rip that band-aid off. Just I know. <laughs> I it's so hard ranking things because it's like I want to rank them all. 
high. It's okay. You and get, I can't. You get one shot at it and it'll stay that way forever and people will judge us for the entire time this podcast exists. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, Because I love Beauty and the Beast so much. I love them both. I see you should have gone first, so I didn't put my oh, I, I would probably put it above uh, Dalmatians. So I would say for me, Dan, what did you say? Did you what did you pick? I would I'd be fine with either above or below Dalmatians. But I I know it doesn't help. Yeah, you have to it actually pick hit. a spot, Dan. Ah! Okay, then I will say above yeah, Dalmatians. Above Dalmatians. Okay, so I would put it below Dalmatians, but I lost, so it's got to be. No, oh, he's with you. Didn't you no, say you said above? Above. Okay, never mind. Yeah, so it's gonna be. So, so Beauty and the Beast is going to be our new number They're three. Is it a bit alarming? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on to the next one. So we have Christopher Robin. I'm not going to count that because it's kind of its own thing. It's a huge sequel. Christopher Robin's an adult. He finds Winnie the Pooh. I actually enjoyed this movie. It was kind of cute. Uh, definitely not something I would go back to multiple times because it's kind of slow. But it's a fun time. Uh, but our next one officially will be Dumbo from 2019. And guess what? Dan's favorite director is back. We're talking about Tim Burton again. You can't say anything because you didn't watch, watch it. it. I watched it. So this movie was uh, released in Mar- oh, it was released March 29th, 2019, with a $170 million budget and only made $353.3 million. So not so good. Uh, it may it got a lot of mixed reviews. It definitely was a big change from the the original story. Uh, just the way that it kind of all went. There was a, like a core villain of this movie in Michael Keaton's character, who was an absolute cartoon character. I love Michael Keaton, and I love the fact that Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito came back together. It's their first time in a movie together since Batman Returns, almost seventeen like, years before. Did Danny DeVito bite anybody's, bite anybody's nose off? No, but Damn. in interviews or in the behind the scenes for this movie, Danny DeVito's like, it was so much fun to be the good guy this time because the last time I was the bad guy and Michael Keaton, you know, was Batman. But to be him to be the villain, that was a lot of it was a lot of fun. Villain Michael Keaton is fun. Yes. Adrian Toomes. Yes. That was when he played a good villain. This villain was no joke a cartoon character. I understand it took place. I think it takes place in 1919, so it was like right after World War One. Mm-hmm. So, and just I feel like Burton was trying to make it feel like a movie from that era, where like the dialogue is just you know it's very over exaggerated and it just doesn't sound like what you would see today. Okay, so I guess I can't completely look blame at, him. Look at him. Imagine him with ice blonde hair mm-hmm. that's like that's yeah oh yeah and he sits like on. and i'm like yeah. stop it so this has colin farrell the cast is really fun colin farrell's in this movie i always love colin farrell yeah, uh, michael keaton danny devito ava green and alan markin that's your core cast music danny elfman can't have a Tim Burton movie without Danny Elfman yeah. doing that score. And it feels like a Burton film. When you have Elfman's score playing with Burton, I was like, there was no joke. I think when he wrote the score for this movie, he squeezed in a slight Batman theme. 
Like there was a point in time where you're like, like, I'm like, oh my god, is that the Batman theme? Like it was like almost, and then you just change it a little bit. It was kind of like um when you watch Cruel Jaws and they start playing the Star Wars music, but then they just change one note, and you're like, oh okay, they got me. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I can't. I'm not comparing those two. No, the the I love Danny Elfman, and his scores are always great. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, night. Uh, no, Jesus, 2019's Dumbo, which is fun because it came. Literally, this movie takes place in 1919, so it takes place a hundred years before the movie actually came out. Let's talk about it, Dan. You said you didn't watch it. No, I'm just here. Okay, so I guess it's between me and Angela. Yep. <laughs> yep. Angela, what are your thoughts on Dumbo? Do that. I'm just gonna check out. I'm just gonna spin around. <laughs> oh, you're taking oh, my headphones okay. with me. Ate my ear off. Um, it's been it's been a long time since I've seen the original Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Like so long since that I can only remember bits and pieces of what I've seen. So to see to see this one as being more realistic. I, I guess realistic knowing that there's you know elephants can't fly they could have just shot them out of a cannon (laughs) (laughs) just say it or strapped a rocket to one just they would fly temporarily you do it for a small one because you know big ones are heavy like a bird though i saw some of it a little bit when you were watching it like it's not just um flying like um buzz lightyear flying following the style um but to see i guess to see danny devito as a good a good guy and you don't think he's gonna be you don't think he's gonna be good like Mm -hmm. he's the um badass with a heart of gold he's greedy he really is he's greedy he wants the money he but then he realizes what he's doing and he kind of changes his tune I, I I get it. It's but just to see Danny be Danny DeVito be good, it's weird. And I said I've said it a couple of times. It was just like watching Batman. Like that's what I felt like I was watching is a Batman with elephants in it. <laughs> does he fight an elephant? No. He's like, I got well, Michael this. Keaton. No. Michael Keaton kind of does. He doesn't really fight an elephant, but he got he's got to square up. Bat but he's the villain of this movie, so you're rooting against him. This is this is definitely one of the weird, the weird, realistic animals. Yeah, but because it's timber. But but Dumbo's not not real. He's not a real elephant. Like I think they had real elephants in it because they're riding elephants. So no, it was all it was all CG. Real. Is the pink elephant song in it? They don't have the pink elephant. No, because they don't have the scene where he gets drunk. They took that. They they took. They do. There's a scene where they go into the tent. Um, This is when. So in this movie, it's very different. So Danny DeVito is the the owner of the circus. He's like the Merdici Brothers Circus, and he pretty much gets bought out by Michael Keaton's character who owns like a, a a Disney world style circus. Like it's, it's like an amusement park, but it's got a circus and he literally buys them out because he wants Dumbo. And 
when they do their first show, when they get to this big park, they do um, like a bubble show, which then turns into those elephants from that pink elephant uh, segment of the animated film. And they get them to dance and stuff and do all the things that they did in the original. But it's not because Dumble gets drunk and, you know, they, they got rid of that. They got rid of the racial undertones with the crows. Um, yeah, they, they, they changed it to a degree and, you know, it wasn't like too much where it was like, okay, we, we get it. Gotcha. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Angela? There's just a couple weird things that happen that I'm like, "Mm, you're stretching it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but like the ending, I mean, they send mom and baby off on a boat. Like bye, like oh. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dumbo like... goes. Dumbo goes back to the wild. Like these animals, the mother was probably wasn't even born in the wild. Like what? What are we doing really? here? Like they sent them in there. This, this is a stupid ending. I'm like, yeah. they're gonna die. Because well, that's how all these these remakes they change the ending. Like Mowgli not going back to the, like not going to the yeah. main village or this. It's supposed to be, like, to be oh, a happier ending like, because it's like at the end of the original, Dumbo and his mom still technically are part of the circus, but they kind of run the thing. And I was like, how does that fucking work? They're elephants. Um, <laughs> they take they take the whip cell and they're like, yeah. But um. Yeah, you get uh, the thing of it is, it's like the original one. Of course, Dumbo can talk, and well, actually, no, Dumbo doesn't talk in the original, does he? I know everyone else does, but I don't think Dumbo does. But uh, in this one, they have two ch- two kids. They're Colin Farrell's kids, who pretty much pretty much show that Dumbo can fly. He has to have the feather, which is they brought back from the original. And um, yeah, I mean, visually, I think this movie looks really good. It does look like a Tim Burton movie, one hundred percent. The gothic yeah. under the gothic yeah. tones of especially Michael Keaton's circus. Very much Batman, like Gotham City tones. The girl that plays the, the, the daughter, daughter is Nico Parker. She looks so familiar. Yes, her mother is uh, uh, Wandy Newton. She was in uh, Westworld. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Why? Yeah, she I literally like... is identical to her mother. She was also in uh, Nico Parker uh, was also in the first episode of The Last of Us. She played uh, I've Joel's not watched daughter. that, so. but I'm like, gosh, she looks so familiar. And mm-hmm. I kept like staring at her every time yeah, she was the, on screen. This was her first movie. So. Okay. But yeah, this was, um, this was, a <laughs> listen, the first Dumbo was kind of grim. This movie's a little bit grimmer. Like you have Colin Farrell's character coming back from the war. He's missing an arm. His wife died of the Spanish flu. Like a bunch of people from the circus died from the Spanish flu. Like they, they're going hardcore into this, like how dark it can be. Uh, you have Dumbo's mom gets sent away after she causes the incident in the big top. And her fault. yeah, because of that, that really goofy looking motherfucker. <laughs> the dude is goof, such a goofball. All I know is that he got what he deserved. And uh, yeah. And then the whole thing with Michael Keaton's character and his whole, that whole part of the movie that wasn't in the original, that was completely new material. So I and I've always said I like when they add new things, when they it's not just a beat for beat remake of the original story. Give us something a little bit new. The problem is this this movie did not get good reception. I know a lot of I know when I I've talked to a few people about Dumbo, uh, they don't really have a lot of good things about it. I 
thought it was fine. I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid remake because of the fact that they changed things. And this is and this is a perfect movie to remake because that original came out in 1940. And exactly. as much as we can dive into the fact that there are things in that animated film that aren't okay today, it was made in 1940 when the view of things was different, even though in 2023, a lot of those views haven't changed a lot of people not saying it's okay, not advocating for it. But, um, I thought this was, I mean, this movie and of course, Pinocchio, which we'll get to, uh, were perfect movies to change or to do remakes on because it has been so long since the animated feature. We hadn't gotten the Dumbo movie between the 1940 original to this one here in 2019. So I like the changes that they made. Only a justified remake. Yes. Yeah, like do something that hasn't been done. Like I get exactly. That. But see, but what I'm wondering we is, still want to re- uh, remake a Bambi. Give it. But see, me. that's another movie. So here's I'm gonna bring this up. It's like one of those films that's in the pantheon of Disney, like this, um, you Snow know, White. Bambi, Snow White, stuff like that. Pinocchio. It's been around forever. Day. Mm-hmm. But, but they don't always do well when they're remade, yeah. and it's not that that it was for a loss of quality or the people behind Dumbo, right? Like Dumbo, mm-hmm. you know, they had a lot of big names behind, a lot of money. It wasn't shortchanged at all. But I'm wondering if it's just one of those films that people know about Dumbo, but Dumbo isn't maybe a film that like people are like, oh, that's my favorite Disney movie. Yeah. It's just it's been around so long and it has a legacy. It's like. The, the first Mickey Mouse cartoon, if they did a big budget version of fucking Steamboat Willie, Willie, I guarantee you that movie probably wouldn't do that well. No, because to be honest, Mickey Mouse is not that popular when it comes to him being on screen. He is just popular for the theme park and he's just he's the mascot for Disney. So like that's his popularity. He's like and, and he's popular with little kids who like to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on Disney Junior. Yeah. But like. If, yeah, if you make a full if you make a full length film on Mickey Mouse, it's probably not gonna. Yeah, I agree. It's probably not gonna do well. Oh, too. Yes. There, ha- this has to exist. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you right now because I haven't brought this up in a long time, and Angel pointed this out to me. That is the pornographic version of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside. That. It's fun inside. Hey, that's mine. <laughs> that is. That's that's the fucking, that's the thing. Oh, God. That's the thing. All I right. told him the other day that he hasn't come up with a porn. And she said it to me. I'm like, oh, shit. Like this, like, he had blinds open, moment. bright light, and this epiphany moment. And ping. Oh, that was it. <laughs> E.T. porn. Don't give me that shit. But yeah, this They've is definitely, more. I mean, I totally agree with you, Dan. This is definitely a movie that I don't think was like widely like, oh my God, everyone is just clamming for a, a Dumbo remake. So when it came out, it was like, oh, oh, okay, sure. I mean, I'm glad they did. Like, like, like the concept, like we talked about, remake something that hasn't been remaked or remade or something that wasn't re- well received yeah, when it was originally yeah. made, you know, and give it another chance. But like, but I just saying like, that's just my thing. Like if something like, okay, what if they remade sword of the stone, mm-hmm. which is, is not obviously a Disney property is King Arthurian Arthurian legend. Yeah. But I, what if, what if I wanted a new segment with fucking mad Madam Mim singing her song where Merlin becomes the bacteria. And I fucking remember that. Cause I watched that movie a lot growing up, but yeah. <laughs> what, what if I want that shit or where he turns right. into a damn blue jay or whatever, right. do that movie. Why not? It'll probably suck, but do it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so this would be the first, 
this would be the first movie of five of five live action remakes that Disney would put out in 2019. I just realized that's a fucking lot. All right, let's rank this one. Where's this one going? I can't rank it high. I enjoyed the story of it, and I I enjoyed the acting, but it's the whole CG everything. I mean, it just gets worse and worse as we yeah, go along. I know. It's the whole CG everything. Like, even I feel like they, in the first big... Um, Those horses look circus, <laughs> but even the whole the the first big big talk scene that they did, I mm-hmm. felt like everything from like the first two rows. Back, oh, pro- oh, the, absolutely. Even the people, I was like, you can't get enough extras. That's what you do. You just take the okay. you just take two rows and then you kind of copy and paste them throughout the entire crowd. Yeah, you couldn't get enough extras. This is pre-COVID. This was made. No, no, no. I yeah, know. I just know that that's the trick that they do with a lot of that stuff. But like, they built the scenes. Yeah. Like they built the big top. How could you not feel that with people? Like yeah. that right there. Like it just no, it's so bad. So I can't rank it high. I would probably have to rank it close to the bottom. Listen. All right. Well, the, the bottom of- three is one one hundred and one Dalmatians, Alice in Wonderland, and Cinderella. Would have to rank it below Alice in Wonderland. You know, as Alice in Wonder, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you because Alice in Wonderland is to me a movie you can go back to and is more enjoyable. This is one of those movies where you're like, all right, I saw it. It was fine. It wasn't anything special. To be honest, that wasn't like Dumbo. The original Dumbo is not one that I look back on going, man, that was one of my favorite Disney movies. Like it's 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 there. It has a history. It is one of the original Disney movies, you know, from the start of the whole animation, you know, when, you know, this came out in 1940. So it was the second or third film that Disney had put out. Or no, maybe. No, was it 1940 or 1940? No, 1941. So it was technically the third because I think Bambi came out the same year or the year after. But um, but yeah, I'll agree. So it is currently sitting in our sixth spot since Dan can't rank it since he didn't watch it. I'm that kind of guy, people. <laughs> I do think that the kid actors did really well acting mm-hmm. against. Crazy thing. They're both uh, English. They're both from the UK and they both had American. They had to be American. Literally, yeah. their father and the kids are all uh, Colin Farrell is Irish and the kids are from the UK, and they all had to be American. I was like, why did you just... Okay, sure. You really had to make these kids work for their first job. But I I mean, I think the kids did great. Yeah, no, Acting I agree. against what, what they were put up against. Like, oh, All right, let's move on to Aladdin, which came out May 24th, 2019. Only a couple back months, back. literally a couple Holy. months after Dumbo. Uh, this one was directed by Guy Ritchie, who directed, I mean, he's, he's hugely known in like English gangster movies. So he did rock and roll. Uh, he directed the Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. He, uh, lock stock and two smoking barrels snatch, which are funny as hell. That's just good. Yeah. He was, uh, he was married to Madonna, just a little side tangent there. And he released two movies this year. 
with Operation Fortune, Rus de Guar, and uh, The Covenant, which is a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a, a mm. war movie. So the cast, of course, we have Will Smith as the genie. We have Mena Massad, who played Aladdin. We have Naomi Scott as Jasmine. We have Marwan uh, Kenzari, who plays Jafar, who is going to be the one of my major issues with this movie. Uh, Navid Negaban, Nassim Pedrad, and Billy Magnuson. Can't spell. Music done by Alan Menken. We didn't. We haven't really mentioned the music much, but uh, Alan Menken he did the original music for the animated Aladdin uh, from 1992. Uh, this was released May fourth, uh, May 24th, 2019. Over two hours long. Ugh, did not need to be that long. 183 million dollar budget and made 1.054 billion dollars. So, has everyone here seen Aladdin? Really, dude? I have. Okay. I've never seen it. You didn't want All to right. watch it with. You watched it, and I was just like, I no, know. no, because like you want to watch Aladdin. I was like, we're watching Lion King. You've seen Aladdin. That covers it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's talk about Aladdin. I'm sorry, Dan. Or uh, well, I guess both yes. of you. What? What do you? Uh, what, what's uh, Aladdin? Let's talk about it. What do you guys think? <laughs> I didn't see it, so I don't know. Go ahead. I liked this one. Okay. And this is why I didn't pick this one for. This was my first pick for our versus episode. I enjoyed it i didn't think i was going to because i am a diehard og aladdin fan because nobody else can play genie yeah we'll, we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that but i enjoyed will smith as as genie mm-hmm. and i didn't think i was going to but i love will smith um i could have you know done away with aladdin and just been Jeannie and Jasmine. I'm just looking at this cast list like, who the fuck are these people? Well, for, <laughs> and well, I, I hate mean, it. I mean, hate just it. like these. Well, yeah, but like. Yeah, they, they changed them too much. Jafar in the, I love Jafar in the animated one so much, but I did not like him. But you're so old. <laughs> Jafar, for Jafar. Talk about Jafar, yeah. right? Yeah. No, but no, but not, not the actors playing these characters, but like these character names. Like, who the fuck are these? Yeah, characters? they added a lot of characters who weren't in the original one. Like, they gave Jasmine a, um, like a, she's not really an assistant. I don't know what her title technically is. Oh, she's a handmaiden. She's a handmaiden. Uh, and yeah, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this. So I enjoy this movie because I, like that Will Smith didn't just copy Robin Williams performance. He didn't like, there were lines of course that are used by the genie in the original uh, animated film that Will Smith uses, but he kind of puts his own twist to it. He is Will Smith as the genie. He isn't imitated. He isn't Will Smith imitating Robin Williams as genie, which I appreciated the blue CG on him, not looking so good. It looked better than when we first saw him in the trailer. I know that was a huge thing when the trailer came out, you know, back in 2019, it was like lambasted for how bad the CG looked. CG didn't really improve that much, but it wasn't terrible. He was in human form a lot in this movie, which I enjoyed. He wasn't just blue all the time. He, the genie was a lot more involved into Aladdin's life and also not, 
blue it was. Yeah. <laughs> the actor, to be honest, I, I don't. I, I Out of the core cast, other than Will Smith, because I did enjoy his performance as the genie. I got to say Naomi Scott as Jasmine was my favorite because I liked what the change that they made on her character. Of course, people will yell woke when they see what they did with Jasmine because they gave her like she's, you know, open minded. She speaks her mind. She, you know, she stands up for herself. You know, she's not playing the typical, you know, woman role of the as as Jasmine did in the original. Uh, They even gave her her own song. There was a song that they added just for Jasmine about like how she's strong willed and all that stuff. And I know a lot of people didn't like that because it's woke. And I fucking hate that shit. It's annoying. She can sing great. I'm pretty yeah. sure she's the one that's saying. No, she's not uh, Leah Salonga <clears throat> caliber singing. Mm-hmm. But I thought she did her, the song for this movie. I thought she did great yeah. on the song. The song. Uh, Mena Masad, I don't, I think he was fine as Aladdin. He wasn't memorable. I love Scott. Uh, was it Scott Winger is the voice of Aladdin in the animated film. He's the one who was in Full House and or Weiger, I think his name is. Uh, Wanger. Yeah, he, he just does. He just does the uh, the talking voice of Aladdin because I know his singing voice is different, but I don't know that Aladdin is just more memorable. Uh, I like they changed Aladdin up a little bit in this one. They get like when he becomes the prince and he's doing all his the you know he's in the in the palace and he's doing all his things there's a lot more going on because like him and him and the genie are working together a lot more than what we saw in the animated one but that's also why this movie's over 2 hours long because we got all that extra shit that a lot of it just didn't need to be in it Jafar was just so underwhelming i like the fact like that he was an older creepier guy in the original where it was just like no like they they just made him creepier like i I get it, but I don't I to be nice. And, and also I was like, uh, no, you're creepy. Like, stop it. And also it's Iago, I get it. You want to make the parrot more realistic. Yeah. And so, and to be honest, the second time watching it, which I watched it last night, I didn't realize how much Iago actually talked in this. Cause I remember seeing it the first time going like Iago doesn't do anything. He just squawks like a parrot, but he actually talks a lot, but he talks like a parrot. Where, you know, and I think that's why they cast Gilbert Gottfried to be the Iago in the original, because his voice kind of has that parrot like sound to it. But, um, yeah, he also didn't look very Iago did not look very good. Um, the tiger doesn't play a big role in it, which I, 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 I don't know. It just, there's, I, this has many, many problems and, but I, overall, I love the song, the different versions of the, the, the core songs. I loved it. I loved the Alibaba song. I loved a friend like me, you know, just the fact that it's a Will Smith twist to it, which is always enjoyable. And, um, yeah, uh, overall it, it, the ending was underwhelming. Uh, Jafar just doesn't, he just didn't give me like full fledged villain. It just, it just didn't, it didn't work but I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. So. Yeah. When, when I first heard that Will Smith was going to be, Oh, oh, 
Frank Welker. Frank Welker does yeah. the Cave of Wonders in both movies. I know. Why am I not surprised by that? He's also that the voice awesome. effect, vocal effects for Abu. Yeah. <laughs> and Raja. I, I think that is awesome. <laughs> the they brought in the rough. Oh, yes. Also, that didn't look very good either. I hated that. I did not like the cave of wonder scene in this one. It just didn't. I love the way the cave looks in the, the animated film. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do like the, the whole, the opening of this movie where it shows Will Smith with his kids and you don't know it's a handmaiden, but if he gets with the handmaiden, uh, but yeah, he's telling, he's telling his kids of the story of Aladdin because you know at the end of Aladdin, Aladdin uses his final wish to set the genie free, which he then just becomes a human. Where in the original one, he still stays blue and just just go, just leaves. It's going to Disney World, guys. He's got his goofy hat on. He goes. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, before we get too far into this, because we got still got a, quite a few to go. Where are we putting Aladdin? It's gotta be up there. It's... I actually enjoyed this more than Beauty and the Beast. I. I would have to agree. All right. So Aladdin is going to be our new number three. You might, so you might say, how is it so high when you had so many complaints about it? Because I still came out enjoying the movie. Every movie has problems. Every movie, like, except for Jaws. Jaws doesn't have any issues. But um, Jurassic Park, same. Except for, exactly. the, except for the cliff. Where'd that cliff come from? But yeah, I mean, it's still an enjoyable movie. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I don't think it's it even touches the animated film. A lot of these don't. A lot of these aren't touching the animated films they come after, but uh, it's still a good time. Are they necessary? Absolutely not. We've talked about this before. This next movie we're going to be talking about is the one I've been dreading, but also super excited to talk about it because of how much I dislike this. It is John Favreau's The Lion King. Why? If you want to talk about a movie that is so unnecessary to remake, this is one. This movie is about animals. All the characters are fucking animals. So what you're doing is you're just showcasing how good you can get CG animals to look. That is what this movie is. This movie lacks emotion. This movie lacks everything the animated film does. The animated film is my favorite Disney movie ever. It's the first movie I was ever taken to in theaters. I watch this movie at least a few times a year. And it, it, it packs a punch with emotions. There are just scenes that are just so good. The voice acting is spectacular. Jeremy Irons as Scar, so good. James Earl Jones as Mufasa. I mean, he comes back for this one, uh, which is cool, but it was still just... Don't get me wrong. The voice acting in this movie is fun. You have Donald Glover, who is fantastic. You have Beyonce, who does great. You have uh, Billy Eichner, who plays Timon in this, which... As much as he is nowhere near Nathan Lane, he actually does a pretty good Timon. I can't say the same about Seth Rogen. I hated his Pumbaa. Uh, Alfrey Woodard, legend, who played... What's the mom's name? Simba's mom. Oh, fuck. Stop it, Sarabi. Sarabi. I was like, you keep moving it. I was like... Joetel Ejiofor, he's the one who voices Scar. I think he does a good job with this version of Scar. He's just not Jeremy Irons. Jeremy yeah. Irons' scar is just so scary. Like, he's so intimidating. Jeremy Irons has that guttural, oh. low, like, yeah, just grabs you. 
when he grabs onto Mufasa, when Mufasa's climbing the, go- the gorge to try to get out, and he's like, brother, help me. And he grabs onto him, and he's like, long live the... Jeremy Irons, the way he says that is just spine... It's spine chilling. When oh. the... Uh, when uh, I, I don't want to keep... I'm going to keep fucking up his name, but the, the, the actor who played Scar in this, it just doesn't hit. He's just like, long live the king, and it just throws him on like, there was no emotional payoff with that. It just, it just, and, and, and here's the thing that is really weird. So in the Jungle Book, we have talking animals, but I felt like they were able to emote. Like you had, you could, you could feel emotion from those characters. You feel no emotion from these characters. There's no, they don't like, there's no, there's no smiling. There's nothing because they want them to look like real animals. And that's why the animated version is so good. Cause you see like the fear in Simba's eyes as he watches his father fall to his death or the fear in Pumbaa's eyes as he's being chased by Nala through the jungle. And just the, just this movie is just literally, like I say before, this is a showcase on how good CG can be because this movie is visually gorgeous. Gorgeous. The environments, it literally feels like you're just in a, in a nature documentary and you're just waiting for uh, David Attenborough to start narrating the life of, uh, yeah. And, and that is, that and the voice acting, because I, I I can't fault the voice actors. They were given a job. They did the best they could. And unfortunately, this movie just does nothing. There's nothing good about this movie other than it looks good and the voice acting is fine. I do like the fact, though, that they the music was okay. But the problem is, is there wasn't a lot of singing. And when they're and, and to be honest, when fucking Timon and Pumbaa sing Hakuna Matata, it is fucking horrible. It is especially when Seth Rogen starts singing, you're like, Please stop. Please stop now. This is awful. But when Donald Glover and Beyonce are singing uh, uh, Feel Your Love Tonight, which is, uh, they are two amazing singers, so it sounds really good. That was, I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. Also, they they got rid of my fucking song. Be Prepared is the best song in this fucking, in the original movie. I don't care. And they got rid of it. He literally starts singing it for about 10 seconds, and then he just leaves. And you're like, what? It's, but it's the talk singing again, and I cannot stand that. Oh, it's the worst. And they and when I I looked up, I remember when this first came out, and I re- and I remember they said that Be Prepared wasn't going to be in it, which already pissed me off before the movie came out. I'm like, you're really not going to yep. include. They're like, well, we we can't do it because of the imagery from the animated film because it's it, it it literally looks like Nazis marching, like with the hyenas. I was like, just don't include that. Just yeah, have them, just oh, have yeah. them in a crowd, and just have the cool visuals of the fucking green shit coming out of the the floor, and you just have yeah, Scar on the thing, and he's just singing. And, and maybe the guy couldn't sing, maybe the actor couldn't sing that song, maybe he just couldn't do it. I know Jeremy Irons didn't sing the entire thing in the original one. Jim, Jim Cummings helped fill in some yeah. of the singing because he couldn't hit certain notes. Yeah, I mean they had in Aladdin, uh, Leah Salonga sang for Jasmine. They can bring people in. They yeah. can sing for Don't their pictures. Dude, it happens. This would be the first time. I mean, look at Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Who's saying for Jack? You can do it. I do. There are, I think another aspect I do, I, I did like a little bit was the hyenas. Uh, I like the fact that uh, Shenzi is the leader of the hyenas and she's more terrifying 
Like Whoopi Goldberg Shenzi is fun. Like those those yeah. those hyenas are funny. You have Ed, who's the fuck the brain dead one. Who's just, just makes noises. Yeah. yeah. And the dynamics. But to be honest, I like what um I think it was Eric Andre and uh Keegan Michael Key were the other two yeah. main hyenas. And it's all like Keegan Michael Keys is kind of a he's a smarter one, and then you have the dumber one, but he's not like super dumb Smart like guy. Ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but it's more of just like they can't the 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 lesser of the smart ones is just doesn't know how to not be in the other one's personal space. Yeah. Too close. Socially okay. awkward as yeah. fuck. But yeah, just the the fact that there's no emotion in this movie, there's no facial expressions made. It is just a nature documentary with yeah. pretty CGI. And I it's said sad the one because... that did the most the most um facial of anything was Timon. Yeah. I, and I liked Billy Eichner's performance as Timon, but he, he's not Nathan Lane. Uh, no. I also wasn't a huge fan of um, Rafiki. I felt like, I don't know. I, I just wasn't a huge. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I'm beyond, I'm beyond more judgmental on this than I am on any of the other Disney remakes because I love the Lion King so much. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the best Disney movies ever made. And I you just fucked like it. It just either. there was no like, need for this movie. It's about a no. bunch of animals. If you're at least gonna remake this, give these animals expressions. I don't give a fuck, man. I will watch National Geographic if I want to watch animals not have expressions on their face. I don't need this. This is stupid. All right, before I get too fuel fumed here, I, bleh, words. I know we. <sighs> this there, movie made a lot of fucking money much. though, so. Ah. And I can see, I can see why it was oh, absolutely. beautiful. I did not see this in theaters. I refused. I but literally was like, nope. I'm like, why is this necessary? Because like you said, you didn't like Rafiki. I was like, okay, Rafiki was in the animated one was the dumb monkey. Mm-hmm. That, that was, everybody thought he was crazy. In this one, he's just like. Well, yeah, I mean, I know they all think he's wise, but he's also, he's the crazy monkey who lives he's by himself, crazy. but he's the wise monkey too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like the whole, the whole scene with the bugs where he uses the bugs to make Simba's face mm-hmm. on the, the tree. Yeah. I don't like that like, either. I was like, what is, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? I don't like it. Let's stop it. Paint, painting with the, the uh, fruits. I don't know, Dan. I don't know. What's, what, what's wrong with that? I don't know what John Favreau was thinking with this. I'm very disappointed in him. Um, we are getting like, a we are getting a prequel. What now? We are getting a prequel. It's called Mufasa, so it's going to be Mufasa beforehand. Yippee! Don't need that. Uh, I thought he kicked I'm sure. I, you know what is funny is oh. I was thinking about it before we get into the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so Scar, that's his name, right? But he definitely got his scar after he was born. So is that just a nickname? It is. He has an actual thing. Yeah, oh, okay. he has an actual name, and they've said his name before. I do like the way they made Scar look in this. Yeah, he looks really. He looks good. Like like a mangy like you can lion. Tell, yeah, you can tell he was not wanted, so he wasn't a part of the. Because you know the females do the hunting. Yeah, you know he was having to get food on his own, and they made him. He was an outcast, probably from when when his father was the king. And when Mufasa became the king, Mufasa's like, oh, I'll, I'm going to bring you in because I feel bad. But then he ends up but killing him. I was like, oh, okay. 
So yeah, that's supposed to be out in 2024, the prequel. Uh, this was released July 19th, 2019, on a budget of two between 250 and 260 million dollars. It made 1.663 billion dollars. And I can I can see why Listen, it's pretty. It's called the Lion King. No, that's why it made that much money. Is that we're doing a live action Lion King, and people went, oh, "I love the Lion King," and they went, and I went, "No." I'm not going to see you in theaters. I'll wait until you're on Disney Plus. Fuck that. Yeah. Fucking stick it to them. Yeah. All I know is I'm putting this one on the very bottom. This is my least favorite. This is going to be my bottom. But I don't know wh- where are you guys thinking. It's got to be bottom. I had. We didn't even get a chance to talk. You pretty much covered the whole base. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I <laughs> no, I, no, wanted, I, I, I like I like blacked out. I was. He just kept going. Was I was like, seeing yeah, red. Was, yeah, it was the black outrage. But yeah, I, as much as I wanted to like this one, I just I just didn't. So yeah, it would have to go bottom for me. So oh, I don't Lord. care where this fucking movie goes, to be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. Saying uh, at least. I watched I watched this in theaters growing up too. And I have very good fond memories of watching this movie in theaters. Well, the original, not this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna agree with what you said about the CG and stuff like that. But my biggest problem with this movie was actually the line delivery by a lot of the actors. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's there's so many instances where the impact was so much better in the animated version. Emotions aside, just line delivery. I'll give a pass to James Earl Jones. He's a much older man at the time. It was like 90 when he did this movie. Yeah. You can tell you can hear it in his voice. Yeah. I'm gonna give him a solid pass. I didn't mind I, I didn't I just like he was trying he was like trying to imitate what he did in the original, but it was like yeah. he couldn't hit certain things and it was yeah. I, yeah, he's an exception. I like the guy who did Scar. I thought he was fine most of the time. Yes. Donald Glover was fine, Beyonce was fine most of the time. Uh, I fucking hated Zazu. Oh Could yeah, John get... Oliver. I listen. I like John Oliver. I think he's really funny. I've been watching him since he was on The Daily Show way back mm-hmm. in the day, and he's on. Uh, he's got his own show on HBO. But um, yeah, he his Zazu was like when you're putting him against Rowan Atkinson, who did the original yeah. voice, like not yeah. even close to being compared. Whew. You know what they didn't do that they should have done? A lovely bunch of coconuts. Yes, they did in a small world. <laughs> No, anyway, no, no, here's the thing. They did the be my guest fucking shit. Yes, I you was missed like, that when you stepped on. out. They when they were doing the like, are hey, you aching for some bacon, you can yeah. be they did be, be. On, be our guest. Like, oh, oh, hey, guest. And as soon as he says guest, they the hyenas start chasing him. And I was like, Really? Oh, I, I was sitting there, I was like, Are you fucking serious? <laughs> just got this remake too. But oh, anyhow, just... on that, but it's just like I didn't care for his delivery, but like they'll do certain lines. Like you talked about the the long live the king line. Delivery was nowhere near as good. Oh, Seth no. Rogen was annoying as fuck as Pumbaa. Oh. No offense, Seth Rogen, because I like him in certain things. Yeah. Uh, just like I just there's things like it was just the delivery as a whole. And I know uh, fucking John Favreau or whatever his name is 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 really he's a good director. And I just feel like he just couldn't direct these fucking people. Like, I just felt like you watch the old animated one and they'll say some shit like, wow, that was, you know, that was a good delivery. It has a lot of good impact. But then you watch it in the re- the live action version. I'm like, it just everything feels like 
tonally flatter. Yeah. Like there's just there's not the emoting is hard most of the time. It's just annoying as piss. That was the biggest problem with this movie for me. And, and you know I don't give a fuck if you put it at the bottom. That's it. That's the end of it. Okay. You know these people can act because yes. you see them in other Absolutely. things. Yeah, it's just oh, anyway, go ahead. That that was it. Like oh, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Just stay there. All right. So the Lion King is now our new bottom of the barrel. Now we're gonna move on to the final movie of twenty nineteen, and that was Lady and the Tramp. This movie came out uh, on Disney Plus. It was the very first, one of the first live action or uh, films released straight to Disney Plus. It didn't get a theatrical release. I had a budget of sixty million dollars. Um, I'm guessing they used a lot of the uh, the profit from The Lion King uh, to, <laughs> to to justify this movie going out. They're like, there's no way this is even coming close to The Lion King numbers. But it was directed by Charlie Bean, who directed the Powerpuff Girls movie. He. Oh, wait, that's his filmography. Where's his directorial stuff? Never mind. He's only directed two things. He directed the Lego Ninjago movie in 2017 and then this one in 2019. He was was a voice actor in the Lego Batman movie. So yeah, uh, uh, not a, a a well-known director. This, like I said, two two movies under his belt. The cast behind this: you had Tessa Thompson who played Lady, you had Justin Theroux who played the Tramp, you had Cersei Clemens who played the 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 oh, lady's owner, you have Thomas Mann who played the other owner. Thomas Mann was in Kong Skull Island. He was the young kid who survives like the whole movie. I can't remember what his character's name was in that. I mean, oh I mean, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, Slivko. Yeah. Yeah. Did not recognize him in this movie because he has like a giant mustache. Uh, F. Murray Abraham is in this. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Uh, Ken Jong's in this. And Sam Elliott, who does a voice of the the um, Bloodhound. Benedict Wong is in it, too. Yep, he is. Yeah, he plays the bulldog. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But um, Clancy Brown, Mr. Crab is in it. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's one. Of, he's another dog. <laughs> Sorry, we just got excited. I love Clancy Brown. Uh, so yeah, did you guys see this one? Nope, absolutely not. Didn't even know it was a thing. All right, well, let me talk about it because <laughs> I did. But I was like, mm. watched it a couple weeks ago, and this movie's boring. So boring. They kiss that's over I... a meat bowl, dude. That's it. That's all you need to. <laughs> to be story. honest, I was never yeah. the biggest fan of the original. It definitely was a forgettable one. Um, this one just looked prettier. The, the visuals looked weird sometimes, but I get it based on the budget. And then it was going straight to Disney Plus. So they're like, yeah, hey, we don't have to do that. We don't have to put that much work into it. We're going to work really hard on it. I'm not giving, I'm not going to downplay the work that visual effects artists have to do, but uh, it definitely wasn't probably as much as the other tent pulled movies. They had to change certain things. You know, you had the Siamese cats in the original, which is, you know, racist undertone. So they changed it to just just um, other other types of cats who are just complete assholes who like tear apart the house. Um, Yvette Nicole Brown plays plays like the worst character where she owns the cats, but she also just hates Lady for some reason. Um, voice acting is fine. It's just it's so boring. This is this is a two hour movie. Why? I don't know, but it was boring. 
That seems like a lot to stretch out two dogs that love each other, like yeah. two hours. So I um I don't know about you guys, but uh this one is gonna go right above the Lion King. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Fuck it. All right. Right in the butt. I didn't watch it, so I don't care. <laughs> I was it was one of those movies where it ended and I was like, oh, well, okay. Guess I don't ever have to watch that one again. You sure dogs don't move like that? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a weird one. Uh, next one is Mulan, which we talked about in last week's episode, so we're not going to go too deep into it. I do, though, want to shout out the director because I realized that when we talked about the live-action version, I didn't go into the director. Uh, Nikki Caro, uh, she directed movies such as Whale Rider, North Country, McFarlane USA, which is a Kevin Costner movie. I think it's like a basketball movie. Uh, the Zookeeper's Wife, and then this, and then Mulan. So I just wanted to shout her out since I didn't Sweet. Uh, talk about her in uh, the core Mulan episode. We're not going to go to, we're not going to go into any of the behind the scenes stuff with this because we already talked about it in last week's episodes. So make sure to check it out. We had a great guest in Dustin from the Flicks and Friends podcast, which Dan and Angela are wearing uh, some Flicks and Friends merch right now. I haven't gotten mine yet, so uh, I couldn't wear mine. So I got my Dissect the Film sweatshirt on. So at least got some yeah, recognition. Yeah, all, all Flicks and Friends today. Okay, I got my Dissect that Film condom on. We're good. Yes. Yeah, I forgot I just did those. Oh, crazy. I'm glad they came in. Oh. Extra strength. All right. <laughs> Since we've talking about this movie, where are we putting it on our list? Currently, do you want to know the list right now? Please. Okay. Please. Okay. Do we want to go bottom to top? I already know what the bottom two are. Okay, so starting yeah. from the bottom, we have The Lion King, then we have Lady and the Tramp, then we have Cinderella, then we have Dumbo, Alice in Wonderland, 101 Dalmatians, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Jungle Book, and Maleficent. Under 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> okay. I'll agree. Sounds good to me. It is our new number six. All right, we got one more to talk about before we kind of just run through the uh, movies that are going to be coming out. We're not going to go too into them because they're not out yet. Uh, because unfortunately, by the time we record, I was hoping by the time we record this episode, the new Peter Pan would have been out so we could kind of talk uh, about that one, but it's not. Maybe we'll do a fresh cut on that. I don't know. Uh, the last one is one that came out in September of last year, and that is Pinocchio. Rip. So this movie was directed by a legendary director, Robert Zemeckis, the man behind Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Forrest Gump, Castaway, so many amazing films. And he, I think, fell asleep making this movie. I think Tom Hanks didn't know where he was making this movie. And uh, this movie is uh, horrendous. This movie is so bad. <sighs> but I want you guys to talk about it before I get too deep into it. Yeah, Jared, what do we have okay. to talk about this movie? So I started watching this earlier today and I had to go to the store. I made it like 20, 25 minutes into this movie. I, you know what? It's okay. And I was like, this is so bad. I think the best part about it was Jiminy Cricket and he's not real. Jiminy Cricket's better. I can tell you right now, Jiminy Cricket's better in Puss in Boots. I love him in Puss in Boots in The Last <laughs> Wish. Oh, so good. So funny. I just have to say, I resign. Oh, fuck. that movie's so good. We got to talk about the last good. wish someday. Yep. I mean, I don't 
Because I only made it to... I don't even... How far did I get in? Fuck, I don't know. I was eating the sandwich. It's okay. It, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'm not going to judge like you for not finishing this movie. The movie he is... was answering the door to whoever was knocking on the door. Doctor and uh, I was like, it's just so bad. Like, even the cat CG. And I was like, cats yeah. don't sit like well, that. Well, that's the thing is, is most animals you're going to see in movies nowadays are going to be CG. They could have they made it more realistic looking. Yeah. I'm like, the visual effects in this go... movie look when they sit, look so bad. And like, as I stated before, I don't want to harp too much on visual effects because I know that it's, I know the way that Disney and Marvel have been doing visual effects lately. And it's just, it's so bad. There, there's, we just talked about the Lion King and all the issues that the Lion King has. Visually, the Lion King looked really good. It was just everything else. It was just blah. This movie just looks so, this movie doesn't even feel like it's Disney. Like, where did the money go? Like, what were, what was, what happened? This had a $150 budget. That's a lot of fucking money. $150 million. It felt like it had $150. And the fact that it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, it just makes it even worse. Because I know that he's a really good, I mean, he's done movies. I mean, he did Roger Rabbit, for fuck's sake. And that movie is one of the best live action slash cartoons ever made like there's just no like chippendale rescue rangers did a really good job with it but like roger rabbit was just chef's kiss perfection with the way that they were able to do that and the fact that this is a very similar thing where you have live at you have human beings interacting with animated you know characters and it looks this bad and it plays this bad tom hanks literally has four different accents in this movie. He tries an Italian one. He talks like normal self. Then he like talks in other uh, accents. I'm like, what? I don't know what he think. I don't know what he's doing. I think I made it that far. Pinocchio looks horrible. They, oh, yeah. they literally, all they did was they were like, let's just, let's just take Pinocchio from the original and just make him 3d. Like, we're not going to yeah. change him in any way and make him look like an actual puppet. He's just going to look like he does not belong here at all. Like, it's yeah, just so looks- jarring. Very standout. Sticks um, out with some of these fucking shots. Dude. Yeah. The. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just Jiminy Cricket was was OK. I think, you know, it's, there's really not a lot to, to like about this movie at all. I, I was so happy when it when ended. I thought he was the best part. When it ended, I was like, thank fucking God. Like when you ruin. uh, What is the the island there? Fantasy Island or uh, the island of misfit toy, whatever fucking island they go yeah. to. And they all turn to donkeys. You know how terrifying the original one was when they like when you watch it for the first time and yeah. you see all the kids yeah. turn to donkeys and you're like, oh, it's nowhere even close in this they one. Baby handed it. They well, OK, it. so they give him there's ghosts. There's like smoke monsters that like work on the island that like round out all round up all the donkey boys and throw them into cages. And then you got Luke Evans who played Gaston and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he's okay. he is the. um the ferry driver. He's the guy who like brings the guy, the kids to the Island. And then you see him. He actually plays multiple characters. Cause you see him like giving stuff to the kids. Like in this one, of course they had to get rid of the kids smoking. Um, they were also drinking too. Uh, they drank root beer. Ah, 
and uh, ate a lot of candy and got to smash shit. And I was really lame. Yeah, this movie sucks. I don't like saying that about a lot of movies. I like to be very, I like to, you know, break down movies in a way that I can, even the, even bad movies, I can see the, the light in, but this movie is bad from beginning to end. There's no performance where I'm like, oh, that's really good. I like the way they did that. If you want to watch a good Pinocchio movie, watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is on Netflix right now. Just won uh, an Academy Award for Best Animated Film because it's fucking phenomenal. Stop motion. It's a different interpretation of the story. And yeah, it it, it literally devours this, this version of Pinocchio. <sighs> I got to put this one as the new bottom. Because at least The Lion King looked good. As much as I hate that movie, it looked good. And there were some voice performances that were actually good where this is literally, there is no redeeming factor of Pinocchio. It is, an, it is, an, it is an actual abomination. All right. Sorry. I'm not going to contest it. Sorry. No, if, if, if there's anyone out there who likes this movie, I apologize for the harsh, the harsh words, but this is just my opinion. This is what I say. Go out, watch the movie for yourself, form your own opinion. But for me, this movie is horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. But there's a there's a screenshot where he's sitting next to a pirate. I think it's uh, Chris uh, Luke Evans' character, mm-hmm. the ferryman, or yeah, whatever yeah. brings the but coachman, whatever. So ferryman, he looks like a pirate. God <laughs> does look like a pirate. Sorry, Luke Evans. It's just you don't. Pinocchio doesn't belong there. He, nope. he looks in hundred percent out of place in this shot, and the other shots I've seen in here too. Yeah. Just, Hello. Like it's just the real boy. Yeah, real. <sighs> all right. Well, that is it for all of the current live action films that are out. Now we'll we'll run through some of the we'll run through the ones that are gonna be coming out. We're not gonna talk about them too much, but we have Peter Pan and Wendy coming out at the end of this month, which is a remake of the 1953 Peter Pan. Uh we have The Little Mermaid coming out in May which is based on the 1989 animated film. Uh, next year, we have Snow White, which uh, is being directed by Mark Webb, who was the director uh, behind the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh, interesting. Okay. We have the prequel, Mufasa, The Lion King, coming out in July of next year. We have a Lilo and Stitch movie coming out. There's no dates on that. We have Lilo and Stitch coming out. We have Hercules, uh, which Guy Ritchie is going to be directing. It's going to suck, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. We have a Jungle Book sequel <laughs> and an Aladdin sequel planned. We have a Hunchback of Notre Dame that in the works. We have, a, we have a, Cru- a Cruella sequel. We have a Tinkerbell movie in the works. Sword in the Stone. I fucking called it. Robin Hood, uh, which is based on the 73 Robin Hood, which is all the animals. We have yep. Bambi, which, to be honest, that movie is probably going to be just as bad as The Lion King because it's all animals. I'm sorry, so but it's all fucking animals. The Aristocats, which oh, is actually being directed by Questlove, uh, who is part of the Roots. He's uh, he's part of the band The Roots. He uh, he uh, is part of the band for Jimmy Fallon show, and he also tours and does shit. He just won an Academy Award for best short film a couple years ago. It means nothing. And then the one that I hate the fucking most because Dwayne Johnson just wants all that fucking Disney money. Oh. Yeah. We're getting the Moana remake because we don't need it at all. This movie came out six years ago, seven years ago. Why? Stop it, Dwayne Johnson. You already fucked up a Black Adam. We don't need this garbage. All right. I digress, guys. All right. Well, let's go over the list one more time before we end the show because we uh, this episode went way longer than I thought it would. 
Um, so at the very bottom, we have Pinocchio because it, it doesn't belong anywhere else. Uh, actually, I probably should put numbers next to these so I know how many fucking movies we have. Okay, so we have 12, 12 movies we ranked at the bottom. At number 12, we have Pinocchio. At number 11, we have The Lion King. At number 10, we have Lady and the Tramp. At number 9, we have Cinderella. At number 8, we have Dumbo. At number 7, we have Alice in Wonderland. At number 6, Mulan. Number 5, 101 Dalmatians. Number 4, Beauty and the Beast. Number 3, Aladdin. Number 2, The Jungle Book. And number 1, Maleficent. Um... I did forget a movie because it wasn't on this initial list, but have you guys ever seen the Pete's Dragon remake? I knew that was on there. From 2016? I, I didn't even like the original Pete's Dragon. The original Pete's Dragon is weird as fuck. I actually liked the the remake that they did. Uh, it had Carl Urban in it. It had my girl Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Um, huh. I thought it was a good time. It's it's one of those ones where I think they didn't, they didn't add it because it's because the original technically wasn't full animation. So I guess we yeah, won't add it to our list because I don't want to have to fuck all that up. It's I enjoy. I think it's a good movie. Who directed that one? So it's based on the 77 film. So when that came out, I thought it was older than that. Wow. Yeah, the original one had Mickey <laughs> Rooney in it. It did. Jiminy mm-hmm. Gillickers. Uh, so the yeah, the remake had Bryce Dallas Howard, Wes Bentley, Carl Urban. And Robert Redford was in it. Mickey Rooney is my Santa Claus. I'm just going to let you all know that <laughs> right now. Not that asshole Rudolph. Yeah, so um, that that's about it for, th- for our rankings. Uh, do you guys agree or disagree? Let us know in the comments down below. Let us know on Twitter at Dissect That Film if we were wrong. And uh, we or just yell at us and say you shouldn't have done this because you didn't watch half the fucking movies. Yes, <laughs> and I'll take the heat for it. I'll take the fucking heat. Whatever, guys, we did Steve it. Parker it's over with. You know. I said I'll take the heat for not watching but the movies. I gotta, I gotta get my VHS. Reach, reach. Shelf just falls off. I'm so Fall excited, off. guys. We are going back to we're we're uh, we're going back to doing movies that aren't Disney. We're going to be going back to Disney because it is, the like we said, it's the 100th anniversary of, of Disney, the animation studio and, and all that. And as much as people dislike Disney, Disney has been a huge part of my life and has probably been a huge part of Dan and Angela's lives. You know, I think it's been a huge part of a lot of people's lives, you know, growing up with these amazing animated films and a lot of the things that they've done even in the past, you know, 10, 20 years. Uh, we're going to be venturing, though, into more of their side stuff. Because uh, we did mention how the next franchise we're going to be covering is Pirates of the Caribbean, because Black uh, Curse of the Black Pearl is celebrating its 20th anniversary. <clears throat> but we're also going to be covering other movies that are celebrating anniversaries, which means, which brings me to my next point and talking about what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be joined by two hilarious ladies from one of my favorite podcasts, Doom Generation, and we're going to be talking about a movie that is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. And it's and it's crazy to think about. This is the first time that this actor has ever been talked about on the show as he is one of my favorites, one of the funniest men alive. We're going to be talking about the 1993 Mrs. Doubtfire starring Robin Williams and Sally Field, Pierce Brosnan. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm so excited not just to talk about this movie and talk about Robin Williams, who, like I said, he is one of the funniest human beings to ever grace the earth. 
And uh, the fact that this is the first one we're ever going to talk about with Robin Williams, it just blows my mind. We're over 100 episodes in. We've never talked about a Robin Williams movie. Uh, But also, we're going to have Nicole and Tessa from Doom Generation podcast. They are two of the, like I said, the funniest people in the podcasting world. They're hilarious. You need to go listen to their show right now. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun to have them on to talk about this movie. Do we have anything else you guys want to add before we uh, step away? No, I think I think that's it. Oh, actually, before actually, I do want to. I kind of want to do start doing this in the beginning, but it's too late for that now. So I'm going to do it. Uh, we didn't do comments this week, so um, don't need to worry about that. But we did get a new patron, uh, Eric oh, hey. Eric Stein. Thank you for becoming a a, a a family member of the Patreon and supporting us here and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy your early access to our uh, our weekly episodes and thank you to all the other patrons that we have thank you so much for all the support and thank you to everybody who listens we uh we definitely do it because you guys keep coming back every week and listening to our shows i know even i know it's not going to be what you want to listen to every week because there are going to be some movies you might not care about but hopefully our the uh, our conversation will will drag you in even to the the worst movies out there but this all i know is that this episode is gonna be fucking amazing so make sure to tune into that but yeah you guys have anything before we uh step away i don't think so all right well you can find us at dissect that film on all the social medias you can find it if you want you can send us an email on if you just say hi if you know whatever we're at dissect that film at gmail.com you can, of course, sign up for Patreon for just a single dollar. You can get our episodes almost a week early. We I usually post the episodes on Patreon on Mondays. We release normally on Fridays. So for $1, you can get our episodes early. We will be creating some uh, more content with some more tiers. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have some extra reviews, doing some commentary tracks, doing some watch-alongs on movies, and doing some, doing some fun stuff over there. We got some great guests coming up. I'm not going to name them all like I did last week, but like I said, Doom Generation next week is going to be a fucking great time uh dan and angela all their links are gonna be down in the description because that's usually how this works <laughs> yes he remembers i don't um yeah i think uh i think that's about it all right guys thank you so much until next time i am brett parker that is dan and angela of dna gaming we are dissect that film and this has been the dissect that film podcast episode 105 we'll see y'all again next time Bye-bye. bye bye